Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees, every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change and certain restrictions may apply. Introducing the Lisa Chill Collection, your answer to hot nights. These mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers, whisking away heat for the perfect sleep temperature. Save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows when you shop now. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. School of Humans. Hilariously, uh, Walter was a connoisseur of many, many, many things, including shampoo. You know, when you mentioned it, I'm like, oh my God, yeah, we always had fancy shampoo, but I didn't, I didn't realize it was fancy shampoo. I'm talking to my cousin, who I call my twin cousin, as we share the same birthday and have many similar characteristics. When we were kids, we bonded over our love of the book Tales of a Fourth Grade Nothing by Judy Bloom. Twin cousin's memory of my dad's fondness for expensive shampoo reminded me that fancy shampoo was a thing in my childhood home. Coconut flavored shampoo. I mean, it was like $30 a bottle. Boy, was my hair soft after that. Now, my twin cousin and his brother, Cousin Scientist, grew up in New York City, which was the other side of my dad's cross-country pot-smuggling business. And unlike me, my cousins as children picked up signs that my dad was a unique kind of entrepreneur. Entrepreneur definition. A person who organizes and operates a business or businesses taking on greater-than-normal financial risks in order to do so. And although they were kids, my New York cousins had a vague understanding that their uncle was an entrepreneur taking on more than just financial risks. So there was never too much to wonder. Whatever perspective I had, I just knew that he had money and the place smelled like weed. I'm Rainbow Valentine. This is Disorganized Crime, Smuggler's Daughter. Rolling a doobie, 
Young, free, and groovy Making it up as we roll along Growing up in the 1980s, my dad traveled frequently to New York City for work, which seemed very glamorous to me. New York was, you know, I mean, the, the world of, of characters in that town was never ending. They're great hot dogs. You didn't realize how great a hot dog until you came out here and ate the shit that they serve and call hot dogs in California. My childhood understanding of New York City was based on the musical Annie, about a plucky singing orphan, and the Eloise books about a sassy almost orphan who lives in the Plaza Hotel. So as a kid, I believe slash hoped my dad was in New York City schmoozing with Broadway producers who would soon discover me tap dancing and opera singing in our Mill Valley house and launch my fantasy Broadway orphan career. Now... That never happened because my dad was in New York City schmoozing with smugglers, not Broadway producers. The closest he got to my daydream was being the only other person at the movies with Gene Hackman. Uh, So so, uh, one afternoon I go to a movie. I can't remember what movie it is. And it's a, a, a big theater and nobody's in it. It's like two in the afternoon. And I go up to the balcony because it's the best place to sort of sit. And there's only one other person sitting in the balcony. And that's a Gene Hackman. There's nobody else in the theater but the two of us. I was curious about what Dad was up to in New York on all those business trips. And he told me it was as much about leisure as business. It was uh, off and on years that I would be going to New York because that was the best place. Uh, that was where all my outlets to sell were. And so uh, I'd go back there to oversee it or to bring money back sometimes, or just to go hang out. Can you imagine driving around New York City with pounds of pot in your trunk? I asked my dad about this. Driving around New York City with a carload of pot is like the stress of driving the country roads of Northern California uh, multiplied by a thousand. (laughs) Uh, No big deal. And when I'm on the country roads in California or whatever, delivering truckloads, you you see maybe three cars in an hour or none or whatever. So you have relatively good control of your uh, ability to prevent an accident. Uh, In New York City, you have no control to prevent an accident because they're coming at you every which way but loose. You have no control over what they're doing and what kind of drugs they've taken and and how drunk they are and whatever. And all you need is one little fender bender, I guess. I never thought of this then because uh, you just don't think about those. You're just careful in how you drive. You know, there's a certain confidence and uh, uh, the belief is not that you're gonna get caught. The belief is that you're just cool. Nothing's happening. If you think uh, as a paranoid, you attract paranoid uh, energy. 
So when my dad was in New York, he had a few options of places to stay, with old childhood friends like the cameraman or at one of his sister's places. My dad has two older sisters, and my New York cousins are the children of my dad's oldest sister, another intellectual artist lemur. Anyway, the rumors about what your dad did for a living... Here's my cousin scientist. Like, people ask what people do for a living. It's just a normal question that people ask. <laughs> yeah. So I would ask my mom, like, I would say, what does Uncle Walter do for a living? And she would say, oh, he's an entrepreneur. <laughs> and I was like, wow, an entrepreneur. Mom, what's an entrepreneur? And she would say something like, oh, well, he does business. He starts businesses. He, he does stuff like that. And I was like, huh, okay. And I didn't really, you know, so I always thought of Walter as, just this guy who was doing business here and business there. <laughs> One thing that kind of would happen is my mom, when she would get drunk or a little stoned or whatever, you know, she would start saying things about Walter. Like you want, like she was like, you want to, you want to know something? And I'd be like, what Walter, he's like a drug dealer. And I was like, what, what does that mean? And she goes, but he's not a drug dealer. He's like one of the, you know, the higher ups. And I was like, what, what does that even mean? Now, Cousin Scientist was a difficult kid. And once when he was 10, he was sent to our house in Northern California during summer vacation, where he got a total culture shock. It, you're, the culture out in Northern California was so different than the East Coast. <laughs> like... I mean, I remember your. I, I remember your dad took us all to some hippie camp. The main memories I have about it: everybody swam around nude. <laughs> I remember that. Oh yeah. And I was expected to do that too, and it was the most horrifying, embarrassing thing I ever was involved in in my entire life, before or after. The place my cousin's referring to is Sweet Smell a hippie family art and music camp my family used to attend in the 70s. It was like a psychedelic arts version of a Catskills family resort. According to my mom, Sweet Smell was created by the people who owned the sadly now elapsed Renaissance Pleasure Fair of Northern California, an iconic historic cultural event that arguably laid the groundwork for today's Burning Man festival. A lake... You didn't have to bring food. This guy set up a, um, a coffee place, so in the afternoon you could go have coffee and tea and schmooze, and then people taught um, dance and drumming, and so people brought their instruments, and then there was a rope swing on the lake for all the uh, kids, you know. It was like a, a pre-runner of the sand party, but, you know, it was just a creative place to go hang out. What, you mean Burning Man, the sand party? Is yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. When my mom says sand party, she's referring to Burning Man. She's so cute. Now, Sweet Smell Family Camp is still operating today. It's populated by an insular clique of artists who keep the Sweet Smell's website private, along with the camp, which is invite-only these days. My mom also remembers the nude swimmers who horrified cousin scientist, as do I. At Sweet Smell, hippies would swim nude, and during the night they would belly dance, fully dressed, by the way, in fabulous costumes, and they'd pass a joint around the campfire. This was just totally normal. Do you remember there being nude hippies at the beach 
Emily? Yeah. You know, at the beach you could be naked or you could be topless or, but at, you know, at dance they had a hoofing class, a tap class, and you could go and, you know, you wore clothes for your classes. <laughs> Now, my mom clarifies this was not a nudist camp. They were just swimming naked at the, you know, lake, which was very common for hippies to swim nude. And my mom also remembers Cousin Scientist having a hard time fitting in. I remember his diet because he wouldn't eat anything, you know, except for hard-boiled eggs and peanuts. I mean, him and his fucking hard-boiled eggs. Uh, He was really funny and stubborn. Another thing that was a culture shock for me... Here's Cousin Scientist again. ...was all the pot that everybody was smoking. Like, I had seen a little bit of that on the East Coast because my mom was kind of a... My mom would have been more beatnik-y or bohemian, you know, as opposed to your dad who was clearly of, you know, the hippie class. Now, Cousin Scientist makes a distinction between his mom being a bohemian and my dad being a hippie. Which is funny, because my dad is adamant he's not a hippie. And I understand what he means, because there are many different levels of hippies, just like many different levels of Christians, Muslims, punk rockers, what have you. So he is a hippie to some people, right? Like cousin scientists from New York City. But to my dad, who's living amongst like the hippiest of the hippies and sees them around, he is not a hippie. Hippies do not drive BMWs. When I got back, I kind of felt like whoa, I've seen some stuff that my friends never would have seen, you know. (laughs) So as a little kid coming back, I felt like, um, you know, much more worldly than the other kids around. Because I had seen, I'd been to California and (laughs) seen all the hippies in their natural habitat, you know, doing all the crazy hippie stuff that they do, swimming around nude, smoking lots of pot. And I, I had a weird upbringing and I walked into a weirder culture. And, uh, you know, it was a, it was a, in the end, it was a good experience to be exposed at a young age to such a different culture, because I think everybody should be thrown in the deep end at some point in their life. This is hilarious to me because I felt the same awe the first time I visited New York City, admiring native New Yorkers like my cousins, naturally navigating subways, bodegas and delis. This is Disorganized Crime. We'll be right back. Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com iHeart and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at LifeLock.com iHeart. Identity theft protection starts here. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV 
like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moon roof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&Ms, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world from smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports on stages and at the box office. Women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to women take the mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. Now, another discovery this podcast has uncovered is learning that throughout his 22-year smuggling career, my dad was supporting his family of origin on the East Coast as well. Here's my twin cousin again. He would stay with us, but he would spend a lot of money when he was with us. Walter... Walter fixed my mom's car up, got it all fixed up, took it to the mechanic, got everything done, paid for everything. He, he also helped my mom buy an apartment in the Bronx in the 80s, which we lived in for many years. Generosity has always been second nature to my dad. He gave away a lot of his money to artists, friends, family, and while there's no more extra money today and hasn't been for years, it's nice to know that while he had it, he shared the wealth. For me, was has always been important to be able to share the wealth, uh, sometimes a little too much. <laughs> it, it, it felt really good to be able to help her out. Uh, and so I bought her an apartment and uh, then had hi-fi, re, re, remodel it. I mean, opened it up, uh, blah, blah, all the stuff, because I was into <laughs> remodeling and building. Your dad was very generous with my mom. Here's my cousin scientist. So, and not only that, hi-fi came over and redid one of the bathrooms. So, as far as I knew at the time, hi-fi was your dad's carpenter friend. Now, while we know Hi-Fi as my dad's trusted guy in New York City who my dad left on the battlefield, 
Cousin Scientist saw Hi-Fi as simply my dad's carpenter friend. In the 80s, my dad visited New York a lot for business, and he would share more than just money with his family. Pot was as common as furniture, where we're from, and dad would leave some of it for his sisters, a prime opportunity for my bored teen cousin. He would give my mom, like, big bags of pot. (laughs) Was in the multiple ounces of weight. Yeah. Which is a lot when you're, you know, to see when you're that young. I mean, um, the thing is, though, my mom really never used it. (laughs) So she accumulated a couple of these bags, but she didn't really accumulate them. Because I was basically pilfering from them all the time. (laughs) And so, um, you know, it was a little bit over a long period of time. But eventually my mom went to look for it and realized that it was gone. And told Walter. And Walter was like, what the hell happened? You know, we had a sit down. Oh. Me, me, him, and my mom. Because he... (laughs) He apparently was shocked that I was doing this kind of behavior. And he was like, what'd you do? What What happened to all that pot? What'd you do with it? And I didn't know what to say. So, and I was kind of embarrassed that I had smoked most of it myself. So I lied and I said, I sold it to my friends, which was totally untrue. I really just spoke most of it myself, you know. Oh my God, that's um, hilarious. Uh, it wasn't hilarious at the time. It was the most mortifying, embarrassing thing to happen. My dad has no memory of this memorable and significant event to my cousin scientist, illustrating how humans' memories of the same event are different and subjective, and reminds me of the meaningful moment in my youth when my older sister told me our parents were pot smugglers, an event she has no memory of. <sighs> the older one did that? Hmm. No, I mean, I, 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 it's hard to remember. I, I, I mean, uh, pot was, you know, pot was just sort of uh, like uh, a chair. I mean, there was, it, there was always a lot of it uh, around. And so I guess I gave it to her or them. I just don't remember. I mean, we didn't leave it out, we, we, but but it was, you know, if anybody, I, I just gave it away to everybody I knew. That was sort of part of the gig. Now, Twin Cousin has a slightly different story than his brother. He also remembers Hi-Fi as the carpenter and remembers tons of pot around their apartment when my dad would visit. So also there was kind of like the smell of bud, uh, of weed, like my brother and my mother were recipients of socks full of of weed, and it would walk through the house under the doors. And I mean, I I guess I vaguely knew what it was, but not really. Yeah, I'm pretty sure my mom blabbed it at some point early on. <laughs> When, as a, um, when you were a child of your uncle visiting my dad, are they fond memories? I mean, did he strike you as over overly generous, like wonderfully generous? Was it like surprising? 
No, he it seemed like it was coming from a very um, uh, genuine place, you know. Yeah. Like like family. Yeah. And I think I think he wanted he wanted things to be good with the East Coast peeps yeah. because you know there's part of the story is fleeing the East Coast because it's so uptight and disgusting. My dad was fleeing the oppression of city living and old East Coast traditions while simultaneously seeking the center of the cultural arts and music movement, which turned out to be Marin County in the 70s, where the psychedelic pioneers migrated after the Summer of Love kind of ruined San Francisco, according to many psychedelic pioneers. New York City was, and still is, busy, bustling, a place of business, and its leisure comes in the forms of culture and nightlife rather than nature and hiking. My dad is a nature enthusiast. He's a high-strung hebe who thrives in a relaxed country setting. So fleeing New York and its hustle-bustle for the laid-back vibes of Marin County in Northern California was a lifesaver for my dad. Now, before this podcast, my dad still hadn't revealed the details of his smuggler life to his New York family. And he still forbids me from sharing the podcast with his older sisters. It wasn't until recently that my dad even mentioned telling cousin scientist anything. As an adult, um, <laughs> at some point, I think your dad started insinuating things, but never with any details either. Mm. Like, he would say, oh, I've got some stories to tell you. And I'd be like, well, like what? And he would let, he'd be like, someday. You know, <laughs> not now. And I would be like, okay. Um, you know, and I never got a straight story out of him, ever. Pot, like vodka, tobacco, or beer, reflects the ethos of a subculture. Peace, love, and rock and roll, that's the ethos of the hippies. And cannabis, being the stimulant of choice, fundamentally represents that ethos. Now, my East Coast cousins noticed my dad's fancy shampoo and pot because it wasn't part of their New York City subculture. Cousin Scientist was shocked by Sweet Smell and the naked swimming hippies because he grew up in the Bronx, where there's a dearth of clothing-optional swimming holes. Side note, let it be known, I have always rolled my eyes at naked swimming hippies and would prefer humans wear swimsuits at public swimmeries. So... The question is, what's your subculture's ethos? Write in and let me know, because I love subcultures. You can find me on the social media, Rainbow Valentine Lemur. I'm Rainbow Valentine, and this is Disorganized Crime. Thanks so much for listening. Disorganized Crime, Smuggler's Daughter, is written and recorded by me, Rainbow Valentine. Our producers are Gabby Watts and Taylor Church. Executive producers are Brandon Barr, Brian Lavin, Elsie Crowley, and me at School of Humans, and Connell Byrne and Charles Bryant at iHeartRadio. Our music is by Gabby Lala and Claire Campbell, with original theme by Mark Karen and me. You can follow us online at disorganizedcrimepodcast.com. Write the novel, the story, 
caramel pies, sleeping princess of the redwood trees. She helps us keep it real. A handshake seals the deal. Grab the stash, seal the meal, and load up these old wheels. Rolling a doobie, young, rich, and groovy. Making it up as we roll along, rolling along, far out country road, rolling along, far out country road, rolling along, far out country road. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials, and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest toothpaste, secret deodorant, Old Spice deodorant, or Gillette razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details.